You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M, and today, why don't we talk about some of the upset teams that could derail Texas A&M in seeding when it comes to a 12-team playoff, and even in 2021 for the 14-team playoff. Join Locked On NFL Draft host Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak as they recap and analyze every single pick from the 2021 NFL Draft and get you ready for the 2022 Draft, which it's never too early for draft season. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. As always, make sure you're following me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson right down there below for all of you watching here on Tigna. And if you want to also follow us, make sure you're following us at Locked on Aggies, your number one source for all things Texas A&M content. Plus, listen every single day by subscribing on iTunes, listening on Spotify, download the Odyssey app, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. Texas A&M. I mean, what more can we talk about? Seriously, I know this is an Aggie podcast. I know that I, I sometimes strail away from Texas A&M. But the one thing I will say is with Texas A&M, they're right there. Like, they're so close. And I think everyone can admit, after last season, what we saw with Jimbo Fisher, what we saw with the team, and where the direction this team is headed, there's a very good opportunity that Texas A&M could be a front runner for years to come. And this could really be a start of something promising in College Station. At the same time, you got to win. You have to win. 9-1, best record since 1939. Highest AP poll since then. They made it all the way up to number four in the final rankings. They haven't done that since they won a national title game where they were number one. That shows potential, but you got to build on that potential. Now, one good news and one positive in all this is that even if Texas A&M were to say have a down year, an 11-1, a 10-2 season, that doesn't exclude them from the college football playoff picture. Usually it would, now it really doesn't, mainly because they're going to expand to 12 teams. Now, again, this has to still go through. It still has to be, you know, it still has to be actually administered. It still has to be finalized, but everyone is expecting this to go to 2023 where there will be teams. Now, Texas A&M has followers and they could be looking at more of an expansion than the actual season ahead. And the main reason why is because you still have Alabama, you still have Georgia, you still have Florida. You never know what's going to happen. Any given college Saturday in the SEC, there's a reason why it just means more. It's because of these games always happen where one loss really is a death sentence in the SEC because if you're not likely going to be able to get past Alabama, if you make it to the SEC championship game, if you don't make it to the S- if you make it to the SEC championship game, that likely means you beat Alabama, and that likely also means you went undefeated. So those are some things you have to look at. So with the expansion, there's a very good shot that Texas A&M is consistently finding themselves in the college football playoff picture. Now, for any of you who have watched my videos or heard me talk on this podcast about Texas A&M in the past, they would have made the college football playoff twice already, once in 2014 and once last year, based off the demographics of what we knew of the 12 teams when the college football playoff officially began in that season where Ohio State took home the championship. Now, last season, Texas A&M finished fifth in the rankings, which not a bad finish, not at all. Top five team. They showed they were a top five team. They played like a top five team down the stretch. But that 28-point loss in week two to Alabama did keep them out of the college football playoff picture, which is kind of a big deal to a lot of people because when you break it down, 
Ohio State lost by 28 points in the national title game to the same team that Alabama, I mean, A&M lost to in week two. So you have that conversation. With the expansion, though, they wouldn't have been left out. They would have been there. They would have finished overall number five, and they actually would have had home field advantage based off of how the new college football playoff realm is supposed to go, where that first game, which is likely going to be played the second week after uh, the title game. So usually the title games are in the first week of December, last week of November. It's that next weekend they would then host the first playoff game. Five versus 12, uh, six versus 11, seven versus 10, nine versus eight. That's how it would go. The higher seed would host. Then you would go to the New Year's Six Bowl games for one, eight, one, one, eight, two, uh, two, seven, three, six, four, five. You get, you get the idea. So for Texas A&M, Ross Bjork came out and actually made a statement on how he thinks this is going to benefit Texas A&M's chances. I think 12 is the right number, Bjork said on the Paul Feinbaum show Tuesday. I think that this is great for college football. It's great for our players. It's great for our fans to have something to look forward to versus it's kind of been the same four teams, mix and match here and there. To be left out last year kind of fired us up about it, and we cannot wait to see what the future holds. Now, again, everything you've seen for Texas A&M, yeah, they're right there. They really are. You look at the top four teams in college football, which seem to be every single year, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma. Those are the four. Like, we know those are the four. And I'll throw Georgia in as number five in the preseason rankings. They never finish number five, but they always are there. Those are the four we talk about consistently. What's amazing is, and this is a fun set that I found out earlier this week, of the games played this past year, of the appearances made, 21 of 28, 21 of 28 appearances are by four teams. Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma. 17 of the, is it 33 wins, I want to say, 34 wins, have come from those teams. Not only do they win a lot, or if you're Oklahoma, you lose a lot, but they also are always represented. And I brought this up in the past. It's boring. I talk about this, how in my final four going into the season, Georgia comes in at number one, Clemson comes in at number two, Texas A&M comes in at number three, and Oklahoma comes in at number four for me. I leave Alabama out. I also almost included Iowa State in the conversation because I do think Iowa State would be fun, but I'm different. Look at me. I'm wearing a, for those of you who are watching, by the way, I'm wearing a Marvel t-shirt. Like I am just a giant nerd, just like everybody else who can talk football and talk your ear off when it comes to Texas A&M and really SEC and Big 12 football. I like Ohio. I like Iowa State, and we're actually going to talk about them in a little bit. But more importantly, I like being different. I like being out there. I like talking about different things and things that definitely nobody else is talking about. And every single year, it feels like we're talking about the same four teams, bleh, 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 which are basically Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma. All that's fine. But at the same time, if you are a little different, it builds. It allows you to have that repertoire. And I do think that Texas A&M defensively is there. I think Zach Calzada, Haynes King, doesn't really matter who starts under center. They're going to get the job done. It's going to be fine. It's not going to be a big deal. The biggest deal is the offensive line. Finding four other starters to go along with Kenyon Green to build those trenches. Four sacks last year. That was the best offensive line in college football. You can't deny that. Dan Moore, Jared Hawker, Ryan McCollum, Kenyon Green, and Carson Green. Five best offensive linemen consistently in the country. They didn't win the Joe Moore Award, but they were consistent. If Texas A&M can get there to that level, I think it works out. 
The problem that I have, though, with 12 teams in the college football playoff, and I said this on the show yesterday, or, yeah, yesterday, it's not that I think that they're overall bad. I just think that when you look at what the college football playoff is, it's a reward. It really is. It's a reward for teams who have played all out that they need to be there. I say eight. I do. I say eight. Let all five power conferences be represented and the three best teams afterwards. Last season, you could make an argument. It was Texas A&M, it was Georgia, and it was it was Cincinnati. Cincinnati gets in as the non-power five school, or you can make an argument and say it was Iowa State. You can have a lot of fun with that, but you cannot deny Texas A&M needs to be in that conversation. Eight is good because at eight, you're also not derailing games. You're also having players play in meaningful snaps. And a five versus 12 matchup is good, but it's not great. There's always a little bit better. And especially that you now have to worry about injuries a little bit more, it is concerning. So Bjork's comments, I actually agree with that the expansion of college football is a great thing for the program, but more importantly, it's a great thing for college football. So you don't have to see the same four bland teams that the playoff committee always picks in the final four. I get it. 12 is a push. 12 is a push for me. I would have done eight. I think eight is fine. But again, now you push it to 12. Soon you're going to push it to 14 or 16, let the only first seed get a bye. And here's how we know this. The NFL just did it. The NFL was at 12 for decades. Now they're at 14. One team gets a bye. That's what you want to do? Okay, well, that's what we're going to do. I disagree with it, but that's what I think you have to do if you're Texas A&M. And I do think that while college football expansion is good, 12 is pushing it just a little too much for me. This episode of Lockdown Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Built Bar has all different flavors. You know about them, nine different flavors, but they're covered in 100% real chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. So whether you're in the mood for a caramel brownie, a mint chocolate, or of course, my favorite, the peanut butter brownie, you will always have that nougat center covered by 100% real chocolate. The bars are soft and easy to chew and they're great for anybody on the keto diet. Why? Because they're low in sugar, low in calories, high in protein, high in fiber. Every single day, I start my day off with a peanut butter protein bar. 19 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs. There's not a product like this out on the shelves. And Father's Day is on Sunday. So what you got to do is make sure your dad doesn't have just the whole dad bod. You can get him started with a Built Bar packet. Go visit BuiltBar.com and type in Locked On 15 for 50% off with your next purchase. That's Locked On 15 at BuiltBar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. All right, here's the biggest thing. We know that the college football playoff is going to be four teams this year. As of right now, as of right now, I mean, again, anything could change in the next coming days. I don't know. We don't really know. It could really happen in a matter of time. But I do believe it will be four. Next season, it will be 12. And I still think no matter how you break it down, with what Texas A&M is going to lose defensively, they can replace in a matter of no time. A guy like Leon O'Neal, you can replace him with Antonio Mo- – uh, with the, um, um, my bad, uh, uh, Antonio uh, – God, why am I blanking on it? Antonio Johnson, my bad. I-, I can't believe I just blanked on that. You can replace him with Antonio Johnson. That allows Joshua Moten to take over as the nickel defender. You already have another guy in place with Jalen Jones. Uh, McKinley Jackson, when Jaden Peavy leaves, you move him over there. Isaiah Rakes comes up uh, when you lose guys like – uh, Tyree Johnson, when you lose guys like Michael Clemens, you got Fidel Diggs already in place. When you lose guys like maybe Andre White this year, or Aaron Hansford, you have Edrick Cooper and Antonio Doyle in place. So this team overall defensively is going to be fine when they lose their star players to the NFL draft in 2022, uh, 2021 for 2022. 
But when you break it down, who are some teams that could hurt Texas A&M in the rankings when it comes to actual seeding? So let's just go ahead and play devil's advocate. Let's just get try and get this out of the way for going into 2021. We'll just say right now, if there was a 12-team playoff, and, and there still could be, we don't know. But for sure, let's just include the four that we always name. Alabama, let's just say they win the SEC. A&M's one loss comes to Alabama on the year. So they're 11-1. Let's talk, throw in um, Ohio State. You know, Ohio State, they, they somehow are recruiting out, out the wazoo. They still have a really good defense. They're actually returning a lot of offensive players that I think are really good at keeping Master Teague. Bringing back Chris Olave is really good. Uh, you know, you have the number one quarterback, number one, I put in quotations, everyone knows this by now, with uh, Spencer Rattler. You still have Lincoln Riley there. You still have a pretty good defense with Alex Grinch. You still have a lot of good pieces in Norman. So we'll throw them in the conversation. Then Clemson, DJ Ugalalele has to be the best quarterback he has been to replace Trevor Lawrence, but he doesn't need to be Trevor Lawrence because they have a number one defense kind of returning. They really did not lose much besides Darion Kendrick. And let's just start off with the number one team. First thing to watch for is Georgia. Georgia has all the pieces. This to me is a season where if Texas A&M loses to Georgia in the SEC championship game, it's not that big of a deal. It really isn't. And I think most people also know I am high on Georgia because I have them as my number one team going into the season. And I have them as my number one team to finish out the year. I have them as the number one seed in the college football playoff when I have Texas A&M at three, because I do think that that is going to be as of right now, who meets up in Atlanta when it comes in December. I do think though, and this is a big if, I think it. this is a prove it year. This has to be. Because every single time I get high, I talk proud, I you know give any credit to Georgia, they always find a way to mess it up. And they always have. But they added in Darion Kendrick to play in the secondary. That's a big gain for them because they lost both Tyson Campbell and Eric Stokes to the NFL draft. They have JT Daniels, which is the most important thing. They have the quarterback. Every team that's looking to be competitive, Florida, uh, Alabama, Texas A&M, all three are replacing quarterbacks. You know who else is kind of replacing a quarterback if you really break it down? LSU. All four are trying to get there. Ole Miss, which has a ton of needs defensively and lost their two top uh, targets in Kenny Yaboa and Elijah Moore. They have Matt Coral, but they don't have anything else. Georgia has everything else. And if they can get George Pickens back in time, they're going to be in a really, really good spot to be effective once again going into the season. So Georgia, to me, is the team you have to watch for because they really, they're this close. And if they can't, I mean, if they can find a way to win every game this year, I will not be shocked. I really won't. Next thing to watch for, Iowa State. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't know why enough people are not talking about Iowa State. They returned a lot of players on both sides of the ball. They have a really good offense, and they have the right coach. As much as Jimbo Fisher seems to be the perfect hire for Texas A&M, Matt Campbell seems to be the exact same in Ames, Iowa. That's just how talented he is. And when you look at what Iowa State did last year, being able to go nine and three, eight and one in the Big Ten, uh, Big Twelve, there one, there are two losses coming uh, to I, I forget who one is. One was against Oklahoma in the championship game. Um, uh, was it Louisiana? I think it maybe was with their other loss to start the year off, but eight and one in the big 12, they bring back Brock Purdy. They bring back Xavier Hutchinson. Hutchinson had a really good year last year, 771 yards, four touchdowns on the campaign. They bring back Brees Hall, who was in my opinion, the best consistent running back 
not named Isaiah Spiller last year. They bring back Tyler Mayon on the offensive line, Howard Brown, Jim Bafinas, uh, Deon, um, uh, they add Deion Silas, Ben Langston. Uh, they did lose Jaquan Bailey and they did lose Lawrence White, but they still have a ton of talent. And their main four, Brock Purdy, Xavier Hutchinson, Charlie Kohler, and Brees Hall, all are back and they all have another year to kind of learn underneath the offense that is trying to be run by uh, Matt Campbell. So I think that they're going to be in a really good spot. I'm going to throw this team in there. I don't know how dangerous they're going to be because of how much they lost, but they had the right guy at quarterback, and that's North Carolina. In what Philip Lungo's offense is, it works especially well for Sam Howell. And Sam Howell, a lot of people have said this. I'll be the next to say it. It's like watching Baker Mayfield. It really is. He's a little bit smaller, but he's agile. He's got a good arm. He's got great accuracy. And AM fans know that because they watched it in the Orange Bowl. He was a difference maker. And single-handedly, he kept them in the game probably longer than AM fans want to admit. Because they were missing a lot of pieces. De'Ami Brown wasn't playing. Michael Carter wasn't playing. Javante Williams wasn't playing. Chad Surrett defensively was out. They all opted out for the bowl game because they didn't want to hurt their draft status. And that's okay. But Sam Howell did keep Texas A&M on their toes all the way until Devon Achane's two touchdowns. Like, that's the reality of it. Now, again, they had to hopefully have another number one receiver, which could be Josh Downs, who played the number three last year. They also have Emory Simmons. They have Antoine Green. Uh, defensively, they still have Josh Josh Henderson, DJ Jones, Elijah Green, Caleb Hood. Uh, they have all these players also at running back. Uh, def- you know, they still have some names that they can have on the pass rush, like Desmond Evans. They have uh, young and up-and-comers, up Miles Murphy and Kamon Rucker. And they play in the ACC. I mean, if they can get past Clemson, which nobody knows what Clemson's going to be. They really don't. We all are expecting Clemson to be great, but they could lose week one to Georgia and be on a downward spiral with Ugalagale. I mean, like, that's just the reality of it. And if North Carolina is really there, which I do think they have the best team, the right coach, the right OC, and the biggest thing of all, the right quarterback in the building, they could be dangerous. They really could. And if they are a team that somehow wins the ACC, they're going to be considered a little bit higher than Texas A&M. That's just the reality of it. And if they go undefeated, which I don't think they will, but if they do, and then they lose in the ACC championship to say Clemson, and they're going to go with the second ACC team, it may be North Carolina. If each have one loss, because they were in the conference championship and Texas A&M was not. You know what we can always do? You can make your bets whenever you want. And when you do make those bets, make sure you go to the one place we love and the one place we trust. That's betonline.ag. With baseball in full swing, the college football playoffs, you know, expanding. And of course, with the NBA finals kind of coming closer and closer, it's time to get those bets in. And so go visit betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on to save 50% off with a welcome first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. You really want to know what I hate? Spending money I don't need to spend. And one of the biggest places you do that is when going to a car shop or an auto repair store. You can usually change the part yourself because you don't know where to look and they know they'll do a service fee, they'll do a shipping fee, they'll do an installment fee, and then a production fee when you can do it yourself for a fraction of the price. But where do you find the parts? I'll tell you where. Go visit rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is an online auto parts service system that has been serving customers for the past 25 years. They have everything for everything from engine modules to tail lamps to brake pads. So whether you're trying to refurbish a cult classic or just something with your daily driver, 
Go visit rockauto.com and they probably have the price. Plus their catalog is super easy to navigate through. Click on the year, the model, and of course the low, low price. Plus their prices are none, second to none to beat. Go visit rockauto.com and type in locked on on the how'd you hear about section so to know that we set you. It's amazing selections, reliably low prices, and all the auto parts you will ever need. rockauto.com, it's the place to be. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. In 25 minutes or less, guys, I can get caught up on everything you need to know in the realm of golf, in the realm of NBA Finals, in the realm of the NHL playoffs. I will not be the guy. I know I'm a handsome the devil, but I am not the guy. The guy you got to go reach out to is Peter Bukowski and the Locked On Today crew. Peter breaks down all major sports, including the upcoming College Baseball World Series, the NBA playoffs, and of course, the NHL playoffs. Subscribe in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Another team to watch for in this whole battle of who could maybe dethrone Texas A&M, especially with their style. I'm going to throw this in there. A lot of people are definitely going to be mad about this, and they're going to say, what? How can you throw them in there? Well, you have to. It is Cincinnati. Cincinnati went 9-1 and last year. They are returning... Eight offensive players, seven defensive players, and one of their key special teamers. They did lose James Womans. They lost uh, Derek Forrest. They lost Elijah Ponder. They lost their starting running back. They lost their left tackle on James Hudson. But the guys that they did bring back are really important. Guys like defensive end MyG Sanders, guys like quarterback Kobe Bryant, guys like um, uh, uh, Darian Beavers, and, of course, Sauce Gardner. By the way, it is literally one of the best names of all time. It really is a fun name to say. Uh uh, Amon Garner is his real name, but Sauce Garner just sounds so well. I think he's going to be in the deep running for the Jim Thorpe Award. And they have the quarterback. That's the biggest thing. They have Desmond Ritter coming back, and Ritter played the part pretty well last year. They should have been in the conversation for the college football playoff. It was, it was an eight-team expansion. I think now more than ever, you're going to start looking at these teams that are trying to build their record and show that they're ready to contend. Cincinnati is right there. They are definitely going to be in the running to win the AAC once again. I think that they're really going to be a team to watch for down the stretch. And I do think that if they put up enough numbers, and if it were to say expand this year, they may have a case. I highly doubt it, but they may have a case. You never want to throw anything underneath the bus. Next team up, I'm not going to put Oregon in there. I don't know if a Pac-12 team is ready to contend. Of them right now, I will say Oregon and USC are kind of fighting back and back. Oregon has Kayvon Thibodeau. They have the right quarterback at... USC and Keaton Slavis. So they both have the pieces there, but I'm not really sold that either one of them are ready to win. Even though I think Clay Helton is an okay coach. I don't really like him at USC. I'd be a lot higher on him if he was at another school. And I love Mario Cristobal and what he's been able to do out in Eugene with their loss of Willie Taggart. The final team I'm going to throw into this conversation for the night. It is kind of out there. A lot of people are probably sleeping on them, but I like Indiana. I really do like Indiana. They have the right coach, which is probably the biggest thing. They have the right guy with Tom Allen. If you don't believe it, you got to realize that last season, watch the clip after they lost to Ohio State. Watch that clip. Tom Allen proved time and time again, in Bloomington, he is the right guy. And he has recruited pretty well. And because of the season they had last year, a lot of grad transfers came into the program. They got a left tackle from Michigan. They got a kid from Illinois. They got another guy from uh, uh, South Carolina, I want to say it is. And they got Cameron Buckley from Texas A&M. So they added a lot of good pieces that are going to replace some big-time names, guys like Wap uh, Failer and uh, Jamar Johnson. So they're going to be able to kind of replace those guys. They also have two quarterbacks. That's the big difference. They have two guys who were successful last year. 
Michael Penix Jr., who hopefully is going to be fully recovered from a torn ACL and he won't be, you know, limited to just throwing the ball because of when he runs, he is dangerous, as we all saw in that week opener against Penn State. But they also have Jack Tuttle, who did a very good job. He completed over 60% of his passes. He threw for um, uh, three touchdowns, 375 yards on the year. And they also add another guy uh, in, uh, I'm blanking on his name right now, um, uh, uh, something Matthews, I think his name is. Um, man, why, I don't know why I'm blanking on it. Anyways, they have some pieces there. They have a good defense, which is a big reason they were successful last year. They were one of the best defenses in the Big Ten. Uh, they led the league in sacks with 25. They led the uh, nation in interceptions with 17. They ranked in the top five in points allowed at 20.3. They did lose their defensive coordinator, but they bring in, they are bringing in Charlton Warman, who has worked in the secondary with Georgia, so he has that SEC pedigree coming into Bloomington, Indiana. This is a recipe for disaster. And I do think that when you look at the Big Ten over the SEC, there's a lot more commotion in there. I think that when you really break it down, there's maybe one team that feels really set and secure going into the season, and that would be Ohio State. And even I don't know if they're set. They maybe are set. I don't know what they're going to look like without Justin Fields, but they feel kind of good. I would say Indiana is the next best. They, they feel like they're right there. I like Wisconsin a lot. I'm a big fan of Iowa. I think that those are two programs that don't get enough love. I very much believe that if the defense would have stayed in place, I would be all in on Northwestern once again repeating, but they lost too many guys. They lost Patty Fisher. They lost Greg Newsome. Uh, they lost one of their defensive linemen. So they've lost some pieces to where I'm not sold that they're there. And I do think that while you could say Illinois got better with the higher Brett Bielema, they're still a little bit away. I think that while you could say Nebraska is maybe going to come back at some point, I can't go there yet. The Big Ten is pretty much wide open outside of uh, Ohio State, and I do believe that Ohio State is vulnerable going into 2021. So at that point, if Indiana can score and they can win the Big Ten championship in 2021, that immediately puts them ahead of Texas A&M. It just does. And that's not nothing rude. That's nothing short. It just is how the way the business goes. If you are uh, a conference champion, you're going to be in the conversation, even if you are that number four seed. Texas A&M may miss out on that. And if it was a 12 team, I do think that seeding would play a big factor because if they did win the big, uh, they did win the pack, um, the Big Ten. Depending on what would happen in the Pac-12, the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12 respectively, I do think that that is something to watch for. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. I'll be back on Monday to discuss everything that happened over the weekend surrounding Texas A&M. Maybe break down a little bit of him. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.